Hello? Oh, you're trying to get Lockett for Cameron Brait and Bryce Love. <laughs> Who's going to make that trade? I don't know. Somebody. <laughs> you're insane. You know what? I'm trying, Mike. I don't know why you're mad at me. Sorry about that, Nick. You're listening to the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. What's up, 2M Nation? It's Matt. And Mike. And? And? There's an and? And a third person here in the, our virtual studio here. Our first guest. Turned into a tricycle? Yes. We have our very first guest of the show on today, and probably our most loyal listener. Welcome, Nick. How's it going, 2M Football? Hey! So Nick, we've made jokes about many times over the episodes, because he's one of our few confirmed listeners. Um, (laughs) One of three. Most importantly, he's a league member in our season-long fantasy football league that we talk about a lot. So yeah, Nick, the floor is yours for a minute. Want to just give us a brief intro, tell us what's your favorite football team, and then uh, tell us what you're going for as Halloween this this year with uh, Halloween week. And please keep it PG. Oh, I'll, I'll try. Okay. So, yeah, my name's Nick. So I've known Mike for a long time, um, back since school. And so I'd say my favorite football team, along with Mike, is Green Bay Packers. Yes. And for Halloween this year, I think a good go-to costume, since I don't like buying costumes every single year, is I just use whatever's in my closet and make something up. So I'll probably go as Danny Zuko from Greece, because all you need is just a t-shirt and a leather jacket. Yeah, there you go. That's great. It's like the hair back. <laughs> and I, I want to say thanks to Mike and Matt for allowing me to be on this podcast. Like they said, I've been listening to this for a while, and I think even a few years ago, back in the YouTube days... I was watching and listening to all those videos as well. So it's finally uh, great to be on the podcast. A lifelong dream of sorts. (laughs) It's it's up there. (laughs) Definitely top three. That's great. Um, My my mom would approve of your Halloween costume. She would always make our costumes when we were younger and growing up. And I love love the favorite football team. Of course, we are a Packers fans only podcast. (laughs) And wait, I'm watching our demographics plummet all of a sudden. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Matt, let me throw that same question your way. What are you being for Halloween this year? For our, I don't know if any trick or treating will be done, but uh, I when when I go trick or treating, I generally go to the local Walmart and pick out what I want, and then go home and eat it all. So, <laughs> um, you know, keeping six feet apart, you know, so it's pretty easy for me this year. Um, True. Even in a normal year, you save yourself the trouble of actually walking around. I just don't want to talk to people. Risking someone opening the door with a shotgun. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I don't know. I my new position at work, I don't think will allow me to come to work as a wizard. Even though I made the uh, the joke to my bosses, like, "What if we all dressed up?" I think I was the only one who found that amusing. <laughs> and being the fact that I live in an apartment complex, I don't think I'm handing out too much candy this year. Yeah, that sounds about right. What about you, Mike? Well, Are you gonna get that plastic surgery finally. You're going to need plastic surgery after the, the beatdown I'm going to give you in our ESPN league this week. <laughs> but uh, more on that later. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'll probably, I haven't bought a new costume this year. I actually haven't bought one in a few years, but I'm, I'm probably going to throw it back to my uh, 
I've still got my Mr. McGiblet suit, which um, <laughs> anyone who's anyone who's seen the TV show The League will know what that is. It's basically they created their own version of Elmo, and uh, yeah, I look I look pretty ridiculous in it, and it's pretty great. It's it's purple instead of red, so it's just like this giant purple Muppet looking thing. I'm sure that won't terrify your kids and cause trauma. I don't, I don't know. I could see it going either way. We just watched Monsters <laughs> Inc. with them with the two and a half year old. She really liked Sully. Well, there's know. a difference between Sully and then Dad dressed up as a freak. <laughs> She's used to that every day. <laughs> anyway, let's. We should probably talk some football. Yeah, what um, is this? The Halloween podcast. This is the Halloween football podcast. Very spooky week coming up. But uh, welcome, Nick. Great to have you. Excited to talk some football with you. Oh yeah, let's get into it. Let's talk some re- week seven recap first. Ah, uh, do we have to? <laughs> it was a tough one for all of us for fantasy, which we'll we'll get down to. Uh, Nick's going to join us in the fantasy corner, which I'm sure is another lifelong dream of his. <laughs> <laughs> we need to cue up music for this. I, I was thinking about that. I'll find some like whoa, some mystic, oh, oh, oh. some like mystic, eerie music for the fantasy corner. I was thinking some smooth jazz, but sure. <laughs> it was some oh, some some nice R and B too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Something you can move like with. early two thousands generic R and B. There you go. <laughs> the best kind. Uh, so we'll skip pigs can pick them, even though I had an almost perfect week. Stupid. Uh, yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> uh, but we all won an eliminator, which was, and we all had different teams. Max, Except we, Mike, why do you keep picking the eliminators where it's like, it literally comes down to like the last play of the game. I don't know. This is like the third time this has happened, but Hey, the good news is it worked out and now I don't have to pick the Eagles ever again. And I saved some good teams for, for later in the season. We had very different approaches to this. Well, it bit me the one time. That's that's why I've already lost once, I think. <laughs> but you, Matt, won. You had an easier time with yours. You picked the Chargers to beat Jacksonville, which they did by 10 points. Um, yeah, I picked the Eagles, who just barely beat the Giants on Monday, on Thursday Night Football. And then Nick had picked the Bills over the Jets. Talk about closer than anyone called it. Closer than expected, and they were they were down for a while, but it worked out. I was going to be so mad if the Jets actually won and be like, great, the one time I should have picked the Jets, and now I'm going to be forced to pick them against, like, I don't know, Tampa Bay or something. <laughs> Jets have a shot at going 0-16 this year. I'm just going to say it. I know we're not even halfway through yet, but <laughs> they're not, pretty bad. Playing like it. So that game, those games all worked out the way we thought they would. There were some very notable upsets this week, uh, including the Cardinals on Sunday night beating the Seahawks in overtime in a, just a thrilling game. Uh, Washington beat Dallas, uh, which apparently, though, I looked at the final line of this game, and Washington was actually favored by one point. Still oh, feels we'll, like get an upset. To, we'll get to that. Still feels like an upset to me, and yeah, Matt has more to say there. Uh, Lions beat the Falcons in another last-second hilarious play that we should talk about. Uh, Steelers beat the Titans, which was a good one. Steelers. I wouldn't know if I'd really consider that an upset, though, but, I mean, I get why. According to the Vegas line, it was the Titans were at home favored by a point or something, even though we both picked the Steelers. Or maybe you didn't. I forget. I picked the Titans. Oh, so you I are I upset. I picked the Titans, too. And then 49ers. I was surprised to look back and see the Patriots were favored in this one uh, because we both picked the Niners and they just, they crushed them. I'm not going to read all these notes. We got to save some time so that we can talk about the fun stuff later, but uh, yeah, Mike, just going over our, our playoff sleepers really quick. The chargers. There's like 15 pages of notes. I just start writing, man. I don't know where it's going to take me. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, so my playoff teams, as a quick recap, are the Chargers and Cardinals, my, my sleeper picks. Chargers did get a win this week, though it came over Jacksonville. So not the most inspiring win because they gave up 29 <laughs> points. But like I said before the week, if they had somehow lost this one, it would have been over. <laughs> um, and this one did pain me a little bit because Minshew, Gardner Minshew, the Jaguars quarterback, was a guy I'd picked in the preseason as a prove-it player. He's trying to show that he can be their long-term starter. Of course, as a sixth-round pick, that wasn't necessarily what was expected. Uh, and their rumors are swirling now that he might be benched as the team has lost now six in a row, I think. And yeah, he looked kind of rough again. Back to the Chargers, though. They uh, they played great in this game. The defense forced uh, four straight three and outs to start the game. The offense put together some scoring drives. They did lose the lead briefly in the third quarter when Jacksonville blocked a punt and returned it for a touchdown to take a, I believe it was 21-16 to 16 lead at the time. Which I thought was going to be that momentum swing we were waiting for in that game and just to see Jacksonville come back. And, uh, well... Well, luckily, the Chargers got things together again. Um, did not take long. And the defense did come up with some big plays when it mattered most, despite giving up 29 points. They stopped the Jaguars on fourth down three different times, and they also got five sacks of Gardner Minshew. Uh, so they, they they made the big plays when they had to. And then on the offensive side of the ball, of course, Justin Herbert had another monster game with um, – let me do this math here. Yeah, over 400 total yards – and four total touchdowns and no turnovers again, which you love to see. That's that's often where uh, rookies struggle the most. Even if they do produce a lot, they tend to make mistakes. Herbert is maturing very fast, it seems. And it also seems to point that the, the issue that plagued the, the Chargers last year was not the offensive scheme. It wasn't necessarily the line or the defense. It was Rivers and his untimely interceptions. Yeah, this was a close game late and definitely could have been swung the other way on an interception in the fourth quarter, but they pull out the win 39 to 29 improved to two and four tied with Matt's Broncos for last place in the AFC West. And then uh, we have other... to pick two teams that's going to come down to like the last game of the year. Yeah. I need to check the schedule. See when they play again, they play this week, quick preview, a uh, spoiler alert for us. That's for sure. And then, uh, yeah. Other sleeper team, the Cardinals hosted the previously unbeaten Seahawks on Sunday night football. And man, I don't. I think my heart rate is still slightly elevated from watching this game. This was oh, that's the aggravation from Tyler Lockett. That's fine. Oh, I don't even want to talk about Tyler Lockett. <laughs> I am sick to my stomach <laughs> because I faced him in fantasy. Uh, it actually in two places, but yeah, this was just a crazy game. Uh, both offenses were moving up and down the field with ease. 427 all-purpose yards for Kyler Murray, four touchdowns, one rushing, one interception. And then, of course, the Russ bus kept on rolling, 472 total yards for him, three touchdowns. But he also threw three interceptions in this game, one of which sealed their fate. But the Seahawks led or were tied the entire game, including Arizona kicking a field goal to tie it uh, right at the end and force overtime. And then that's all I really want to focus on is overtime because it was nuts. So the Seahawks got the ball first, the Cardinals forced to stop, and then they drove down the field on offense, and uh, their kicker, Zane Gonzalez, he kicked uh, what would have been the game-winning field goal, but uh, the play clock had been winding down, and Cliff Kingsbury had to call timeout, essentially icing his own kicker because Gonzalez missed the kick after the timeout, and the game went on. 
Um, and then on the next Seahawks drive, DK Metcalf took a screen pass 50 yards for uh, another, what would have been the walk-off score, but a holding penalty, a justified one, in my opinion, brought that back. Oh, only because it made your Cardinals win. <laughs> but anytime there's a long runoff play and there's a penalty, nine times out of ten, it's offensive hole. That's why they were able to go 50 yards. Right. Yeah, and then on the very next play, Wilson was picked off by none other than rookie defender Isaiah Simmons. And then, uh, so Cardinals got the ball back again, and Gonzalez nailed the 48-yard field goal for his to complete his redemption and win the game. I would have laughed if he would have missed and this would have wound up a tie game. It would have because I think time was out running out at that point. <laughs> it was like a minute 30 left, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Uh, so just insane. It was a crazy game. Cardinals improved to 5-2. and two. All right, Matt, let's talk about what happened to your sleeper teams this week. Could we just skip this whole phase and just put an emoji on, like, the podcast of a picture of poop? <laughs> they lost. Dallas really – emulated the whole concept of a team that just gives up. Um, I mean, without getting too angry about it, we saw an offense that continued to struggle. We thought Dalton was, was the, you know, the example of teams that had a reliable backup, but I was watching something that really made sense on one of the plays. So Dalton goes down with a concussion with what I thought was a dirty hit. Yeah. That was was gross. Mm-hmm. But then I was watching something on one of the recap shows that actually brought up a good point of nobody came to Dalton's defense after that hit. And I think that type of image encapsulates that the Cowboys are nothing without Dak Prescott. This offensive line is non-existent. The defense, there, there's 11 players on the field, but 11 questionable tackle players. They're down to the potentially their third-string quarterback. Their stars and starters aren't backing up these quarterbacks because apparently they're not Dak Prescott. Ezekiel Elliott, who after a couple of fumbles told the media he would never fumble again, had another fumble in this game. Like this team is in no position to win. And I feel like it's going off the rails because they don't have leadership on the field. It doesn't come down to scheme. It doesn't come down to coaching. It comes down to the players stepping up and being leaders. When Dalton took a hit, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott, backup offensive lineman should have been in the defender's face. You don't hit our quarterback like that. Yeah, after hearing you say that, uh, because you texted me about that this morning, after hearing that and then watching it again, it's actually really jarring the way he's just all alone there. You always see guys fighting after a hit like that because it was. He was sliding down, and uh, John Bostick totally led with his head and deliberately – helmet to hit you know laid a helmet to helmet hit on him and so it was just I was almost left aghast of like how did how did how whether it's the rookie that was a ninth round pick or whether it is your star starting quarterback you back up your teammates and nobody did yeah and I think that encapsulates what this rest of this year for this Cowboys again I can't even consider them a sleeper week to week the Cowboys, until they have a culture change, will not win another game this year. Good thing they've got Mike McCarthy there running the show. <laughs> yeah, that's why the defense gave up. I think he rehired Dom Capers. <laughs> but it's but, just it, – it's, yeah. it's sad, and it really is unfortunate for this team. And it goes to show you that with how much Prescott means to this team. Give Washington the credit. 
I don't know how many more games they're going to win, but it was against a, a Dallas defense and a Dallas team that is falling apart week by week. Yep, can't argue with that. Luckily, they're in the NFC East, so nothing's impossible. <laughs> how, about, uh, how about the Broncos? One good thing happened in this game. It was snowing. That's always fun to watch. Yeah, the first snow game of the year. Yep. The Broncos this week confused me. There were flashes of brilliance, like the defense, Bradley Chubb getting the sack on Patrick Mahomes, the defense locking it down in what started out really competitive. And then you'd see some great plays by Drew Locke, but then it's like on the next series, you just see absolute opposite. You know, a pick six that was thrown in the second quarter and it swung the momentum from the Broncos the rest of the game. Uh, Locke that would make a spectacular throw in a tight window and then way overthrow in the next one. We did have a scary moment where it was weird because Drew Locke wears a brace on his right knee as a precaution. And I remember he went to slide and the brace caught the turf and rolled him over. And for a split second, I thought he twisted his knee. Uh, But luckily it was just the brace and he was fine. But um, this Broncos team still has some, some issues to figure out. Um, They will have a great opportunity this week against your chargers. Yeah. Wait, the defense going against that offensive line, I feel decent about, but it's this offense that's starting to make me a little bit nervous. Yeah, no, no fans man. back, so well, maybe they get into a rhythm, but then they lost Philip Lindsay. And actually, they lost Fant halfway through this game, too. And Melvin Gordon fumbled. So it was kind of a case of what could go wrong did go wrong for my sleepers this week. But the Broncos, I feel, are in a much better poise to make a bounce back at some point over Dallas. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, and I just think it was the matchup of it's it's the Kansas City Chiefs. You kind of just kind of hold on and get ready for that roller coaster ride. <laughs> All right, so that's our sleeper teams elsewhere in the league this week. Seems like forever ago this was reported, but it's the first time we're talking since it happened. Antonio Brown is back. He's signing with Tampa Bay. Try this again. Yeah, rejoins Tom Brady from his brief, very brief stint in New England. Uh, is that last year? And he'll be back eligible to play week nine after his eight-game suspension is over. And just a list, I know this is what everyone's doing, but just just a list, everyone that's on this offense now, you've got, of course, Tom Brady. The receiving core now consists of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Now Antonio Brown joins them. They've got Gronk, who's looking more and more like his uh, past self. And then Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette leading up that backfield. To pair with a pretty good defense, this team is looking loaded. This defense is way better than a lot of people give it credit for. Flat out say that. Yeah, they're good. Solid. And now they have the even more offensive prowess to back it up. The uh, Tampa Bay just got scary, as long as Brown doesn't have a, a diva fit on the sideline. Well, yeah, that's the question, right? <laughs> or records, you know, the after-game meetings on Facebook, so we're good. This game doesn't matter because the Lions and Falcons are both trash teams, but <laughs> this was just a hilarious moment in this game that I want to lay out. The Falcons, okay, so the Lions won by one point, but the Falcons uh, were in position to win. They were down by one point, 14 to 15, with a minute left in the game on the Lions' 10-yard line, and the Lions were out of timeouts, so there was nothing they could do. Atlanta could have just taken a knee a couple times and kicked a field goal. 
Instead, they called a running play, handed it off to Gurley. You could tell that the Lions weren't really trying to tackle him because they kind of just like, you know, put their arms out there and let him go by. And he realized it at the end. But (laughs) in this hilarious moment, Gurley tried to stop himself from falling into the end zone. But he couldn't do it. He fell into the end zone. And then he saw all the Lions players throwing up a touchdown symbol celebrating. <laughs> How many times does the opposing team celebrate a touchdown? But they it, knew. It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. So they scored the touchdown, get the two-point conversion, too. And that put them up by uh, seven. No, wait. Is my math wrong here? I don't know. That, that gave him the lead, but um, only by six, I think, actually. Because the Lions got the ball back, which is, you know, the whole point of letting him score. And despite having no timeouts and less than a minute on the clock, they drove down the field in three plays because that's it's the Atlanta defense. And then Stafford hit an 11-yard touchdown pass to the tight end, Hawkinson. Uh, and I think the game was tied at this point. And then a couple penalties added some drama to the point after that, that sealed the, that gave them the, the win made it a 48 yarder, but that was no problem for Matt Prater who nailed it for the win. So sorry, I bunk. I think I got the score wrong here, but they won by a point all because so, really couldn't right, stop himself. Trivia? Yes. Matt Stafford has done this one other time in his career where he marched down the field for a game winning drive with no time left and no timeouts on the clock. What year and who is the team? How about you tell us the year and then we try to guess the team? It was 2009. Oh, wow. All right, Nick, I'll let you take a stab at this one. That's a long time ago. I've that no is a idea. long time ago. <laughs> Give us the division of the team it was against. It will be the AFC North. Uh, it was against the Browns? I feel like that kind of gave it away, but yes, it was 2009 <laughs> against Cleveland. Wow. Yeah, Stafford's uh, been known for, for uh, game-winning drives. You know how they always show that stat in the broadcast of how many fourth-quarter game-winning drives the quarterback has. I think Stafford has a, a handful. But, yeah, that was just a hilarious thing that happened. Uh, let's skip browns Bengals. Odell got hurt. He's out for the season. That was the main thing. Wanted yeah, to we're kind of suffering. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Another – our fan, our dynasty team is dropping like flies, specifically the guys that I drafted. Just say – just saying. <laughs> uh, Steelers beat the Titans. You don't have to go through all the details, except that Vic Beasley got two tackles and a first. Well, he showed up. He played. He was on the field. <laughs> it's an ongoing joke, uh, Nick, because I picked Beasley as a proven player. <laughs> and then he just disappeared. First, he was on. First, he didn't show up to the training camp, right? And then nobody knew why. No one had heard from him. <laughs> like, is he okay? <laughs> and he showed up. And was supposedly fine, and but he's still only playing like twenty to thirty percent of defensive snaps. But he was out there this game. Steelers got the win though, and they're the last undefeated team at six and zero. Feel like the pressure's on them. It's like when you're the last one of the breed. It's like it's only a matter of time. Everyone's coming for you now. Well, this could be the week they're playing Baltimore, which we'll get to in just a second. Uh, we can skip 49ers Patriots. 49ers won thirty three to six. Cam uh, Newton still sucks. Cam Newton got picked off three times and then benched though he's still going to be the starter next week. Patriots are third place in the division, which is crazy. I think it's embarrassing to say you're behind Miami. Uh, yeah. Well, in previous years, that would have been embarrassing. They they might be more legitimate than we give them credit for, though. We'll see, because we're going to have a big change coming up now. Very, very true. Uh, the only thing I want to say about Bears-Rams is I hate, I hate them both. 
for what they did to me last night <laughs> in fantasy football. You don't hear about a garbage time defensive touchdown very often, but the Bears got one. <laughs> the game clearly out of hand. Robert Woods fumbled a handoff, or I didn't see the play, but he fumbled and the Bears recovered it for a touchdown. And that see, was Dallas. That's what's called not giving up even when you're losing. And that was the only touchdown they scored in the game. And then uh, garbage time, six yard completions to David Montgomery when you're down 14 points. Good job padding your stat line, Foles, but you're you're still terrible. This Bears team, I think we know what they are now. <laughs> They're not good. When they face a good team, it shows that they have – well, they face good teams, though, but – I don't know how they beat the Buccaneers. That's the one that I still can't figure out. But this is who they are. They're, they're pretty good defense and a tragic offense. Um, and I'm very bitter against them. <laughs> Nick, any final any final thoughts on these uh, games before we move on to uh, the next week? No final thoughts, but I do have a trivia question for both of you. So I was oh. looking up that game for in two thousand nine between the Lions and the Browns. Do you know who the Browns quarterback was during that game? Oh, that's, that's such a good question. Let's see. Let me try to count them back in my head. There's Baker. There's Johnny Football. <laughs> there was was it Tim Couch? No, that was, that was a little bit earlier before oh. that. Couch was like 0-4, right? I'll, I'll give you a hint. He we got one to, more. He went to Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't follow college football enough for that to help. Was it Derek Anderson? Almost. 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 <laughs> Almost. It was, it was Brady Quinn. Oh, I remember. First round pick in 2007. Oh, Man, my gosh. Quinn. I forgot about Brady Quinn. <laughs> That's a good one. Good question. Should we talk about week eight? Yeah, hopefully it has uh, better days ahead. Even though the Cardinals, Washington football team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Texans are all on by, there's still going to be a good slate of games this week. Yeah, should be. And it all gets started on Thursday night with the one and six Falcons taking on the three and four Panthers. Oh, battle of terrible. (laughs) As is tradition on Thursday night. Um, I didn't believe you until I saw this and I went, I think Mike's on to something here. (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. Um, Kristen McCaffrey is surprisingly practicing this week, at least not in a limited capacity, a little bit earlier than expected. It's there's a chance to get him back. Um, that was the only thing, the only note I could think of for this game. <laughs> Who are you guys taking? I'm taking Teddy B and the Panthers. I have the Panthers as well, and they're also my eliminator pick. Ooh, okay. Oh. I like it. It's a good one. I am also taking the Panthers. Sweep it. Rolling into Sunday noon games, the one and five Vikings at the five and one Packers, a week one rematch. I think that's when they played. I forget now. The Vikings are seven, seven or eight weeks, and it feels like it's been a year. It does. That's what happens. <laughs> Vikings are in, uh, sorry, hold on, a gift from Zoom. Oh, they removed the 40 minute time limit. How nice. How thoughtful. Must be a Halloween special. <laughs> that just means they're, uh, keeping this recording for themselves too. (laughs) I hope they're not using it for quality control. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, the Vikings are are totally uh, punting on this season. It seems like they're, they traded away Yannick Ngakwe who they signed before the season. They traded, they made, I believe it was Everson Griffin available for trade too. They are, I mean, rightfully so at one and five, this team's going nowhere this year, but they have officially uh, called quits. I think. (laughs) <laughs> and surprisingly enough, I don't know what happened to Kirk Cousins this year. 
Oh, yeah, I think he leads, or he before they went on by, they had their bye last week. He led the league in interceptions, I think. Um, you don't like that if you're a Vikings fan. Not much else to say here. Taking the Packers. Yep, book it. Green Bay. Steelers. This could be the game of the week right here. Steelers, 6-0 and at the 5-1 and Ravens coming off the bye. This is one of two games I'm looking forward to this week. Or three, I'm sorry. Yeah, I definitely got this one circled. You just saw the Steelers take on the Titans and uh, look really good early on, but uh, Big Ben tossed a couple interceptions later on, and they lost Deontay Johnson again. But, but Juju played well. The running game is pretty strong. and But, of course, I think the biggest storyline for the Steelers is still their defense, which is similarly for the Ravens have been playing great defense too. Do you predict a low-scoring, high-defensive affair? I'm not sure about that, though, because when you've got Lamar Jackson, it's hard to imagine them not putting up some points here. But Lamar hasn't – you can argue Lamar hasn't been the same this year as he was last year. He's good, but he's not the Lamar of last year. That's true. If you just look at uh, the Chiefs game a few weeks ago as a prime example. That being all said, I have to go Ravens on this one. I think the the steel wall comes a crumbling down this week. Yeah, I think the Ravens give the Steelers their first loss of the season. I am having a hard time pulling up my picks. I feel like you're changing. I am not. Peer pressure. <laughs> Hold on. My mom said not to give in to peer pressure. That really hasn't worked since I've known you. <laughs> yeah, I got the Ravens too. Nick, um, I think he switched it. I think he had. The I, I think he did. He was looking at his notes. He's like, "Oh, I had the Steelers, but you know, they made some great points." <laughs> you guys are very persuasive. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Rams coming off that big Monday Night Football domination of the Bears. Take on the Dolphins, who have a new quarterback. It's officially two a time. You know, I misread that and thought it said tuna time. Great. Now I'm hungry. Well, it's gonna be interesting uh, what this kid does, especially yeah. against this dominant Rams defense. I feel like this is like the worst timing to start him. <laughs> yeah, in a sense, uh, this is you would much rather him play the the whole Jets game. That would have been a much nicer landing, probably. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's against you know a crappy Jets team. We're gonna put you against Aaron Donald and say wish you the best. Right. <laughs> and meanwhile. Fitzpatrick has to sit there and watch his kid get eaten alive and been like, well. That's why I haven't dropped uh, Fitzpatrick yet in fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be, so Tua will be the first, he'll be the third first round rookie to start a game this year, quarterback that is. We've already seen Joe Burrow as expected, of course, as the number one pick. And Justin Herbert make their debuts and look really good. Uh, But I think we're expecting a rough start to uh, Tua's career here. Uh, You're going to learn real fast in 60 minutes, kid. Yeah, You will get an education in the turf. <laughs> taking the Rams. So You've I'm going to go against the grain. I'm taking the Dolphins. Really? Because I have yeah. L.A. as well. So I think, I think Tua, this is the year of the rookie quarterback. So, you know, we saw Burrow. He's been having a great season along with Justin Herbert. I think Tua is going to follow suit and uh, provide an upset to the Rams. You Sunday. think Tua and that – that offense is going to outperform the Rams defense. Absolutely. I think two is going to shock the world this weekend. I think they're bad on defense. When Aaron Donald buries him into the ground six feet. 
the, the, the Dolphins aren't that bad on defense, and Goff has been a little bit streaky, as you know, as a Cooper Cup uh, fantasy owner. I'm not worried about <laughs> the Dolphins' defense. It's the Dolphins' offense. I think if they can get Miles Gaskin going, however, the receiving core makes me nervous, as does that left side of that offensive line. Put Aaron Donald on that left-hand side with the double team, you're going to leave an exposed rusher every play. So Tua better get his wheels going early. He is more mobile than Fitzpatrick. Well, he's more mobile than Fitzpatrick. <laughs> cool. I like it. Dissension. Someone doesn't give in to peer pressure over there. Uh, next up, I bet we will all agree on this one, though. The 0-7 Jets visit the 6-1 and Chiefs. Yeah, we all know the Jets are taking this one, hands down. <laughs> this is, of course, Le'Veon Bell's revenge game. It was funny when his final list of uh, trade destinations came out, all of them had the Jets on the schedule. I don't know if that's a coincidence or if this, or if he really wants to get back at Adam Gase here. <laughs> and this will be his second game in the Chiefs offense, so maybe these have he'll, he'll have a more expanded role for that reason too. As long as CH keeps running the way he does, though, I think Bell is going to be a uh, change of pace back. But they also made a good point that Clyde Edwards-Alaire struggles in short yardage in the open field between the 20s where Bell doesn't. So third and one on like, you know, the 45, those are the situations you want Bell. One through three, as long as they're long distance, CEH still has shown that his his average yards per carry far exceeds. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure Bell would love to have a big game here and maybe be the one to knock out Adam Gase finally. We've been saying it every week. They keep it's losing. Happen. It's just a matter of it becomes oh and what. Yeah. Well, I think we're all predicting it'll be 0-8 after this game, taking the Chiefs. Kansas City. Yep. I think so. The spread on this game is around 20 points or so. (laughs) So the real question, which that's a huge spread. So the real question is, do the Jets cover? Because the Chiefs may score early and let their foot off the gas a little bit. I don't think the Jets score a single point. Andy Reid isn't the type that that wants to ever let it down. He'll, He'll pummel you into the ground. I'm, I mean, I'm it depends still, on would, what they are after two quarters. If they're up 30 to nothing, then maybe. All right. Colts at Lions. Colts are 4-2 and two coming off the bye. Lions 3-3. Three and three. I have the Lions. I'm pretty sure I took the Colts. I took the Colts, too. Oh, fine. Matt, you want to change your mind? Uh, you know, you can go, go to hell. <laughs> Raiders 3-3 three and three at the 5-2 and two, Browns. I'm um, not the Raiders wagon. I'm taking the Raiders too. I'm going. I'm going the Browns on this one. All right. I, I was I was torn between them, but you know Baker had that rough first half and then came back and threw uh, five TDs. So I think he's got a little bit of fire under him. So hopefully that continues this week. I'm thinking about them losing Odell, but uh, Bur- uh, Baker's stats are actually much better without Odell in the lineup. Ironically, over his time there, so maybe you're onto something. Uh, sticking with the Raiders for now. Five and one Titans coming off their first loss. Visit the one five and one Bengals. Taking the Titans and they're my eliminator pick. I have the Titans as well. well. I'm also going Titans. All right. Patriots at Bills. Patriots are third place in the division at two and four. Bills are still in first place at five and two. Till I see something else wise, I can't I can't back the Patriots right now. So I'm going I'm going Buffalo. Agreed. I'm right on the AFC East bandwagon. And I'm going with the Patriots. 
Bills haven't won at home since 2011, and Patriots have won the last seven against the Bills. And I think history will continue. Look at Nick bringing research to the table. Man, I, think, I feel like I haven't done shit. I think we've been in our two-person echo chain chamber for too long, Matt. We're agreeing on everything, and Nick's coming in here blowing up our spots. And then when everything's wrong, this is going to be my last appearance on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if that was our case, we would have stopped recording after episode two. That's true. Of the YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Moving on to the afternoon games. Chargers and Broncos. Sleeper Bowl Part 2. Oh, man. I'm, of course, out of obligation taking the Chargers. This was a really hard choice for me. But I have to, I have, I have to back it. They are now my Broncos, so I have to back my Broncos. All right, Nick. Out, of, re- out of reluctancy. Break the tie, Nick. I'm going with the Chargers. Yeah. <laughs> and Matt, would you like to make this our first official Jello bet of the season? Uh, it's either this or our fantasy team, and I've gone zero and two, so uh, I feel like I lose no matter what. You know what? Screw it. Let's do it. Yes. All right. All right. Jello bet. Put it on the board. Niners at Seahawks. Forty uh, ers four and three. Seahawks just lost their first game, sitting at five and one. I got the uh, Hawks. Yeah, Russ Bus keeps rolling. I agree. Uh, Saints at Bears. This would have been a tough one. I'm pretty sure I know what to do with the Bears now, though. I'm taking the Saints. <laughs> Does that mean the Bears are going to win? <laughs> no, the curse is over. The Bears are trash. Okay. Yep. Yeah, no, I have. I have the Saints. <laughs> what do you think, Nick? So I've seen this show, and every time you pick the opposite team, the Bears win the game. So since I'm a Packers fan, naturally. I'm picking the Bears to pull the upset in this one. Love the logic the there. Hedge my bet. Makes perfect sense. Um, moving on to the Sunday night football. Got the Cowboys at Eagles. I, battle will be. Have to watch this game this week. I'll give you a pass, Matt. I'll I'll watch it for you and, and let you know how it goes. <laughs> it's like I don't know if my blood pressure could take much more. Yeah, the Cowboys might be starting Ben DiNucci if uh, Andy Dalton doesn't clear the concussion protocol. And on the Eagles side, the injuries continue to pile up. Uh, Deshaun Jackson came back, played most of the game before getting hurt again, but now he's on IR. Uh, Good thing you didn't start him. On the, if I had started him, I would have won. That's the irony because Demarcus Robinson scored 0.9 points. Uh, <laughs> but on the plus side for the Eagles, they might – I don't know about Miles Sanders. He missed last week, but might be back. And they, I think, are definitely getting Jalen Ragor back. And uh, Jeffrey has been practicing now for for like a month. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play. I don't know if they're going to trade him, but there's a chance he plays. And the the winner of this game will still be below 500. Uh, but I think whoever wins will will take the lead in the NFC East, such as it is. I'm taking the Eagles. I have the Eagles. I'm going Cowboys on this one. This is going to be an ugly game. But, you know, I've seen when the Eagles are on, they're playing great football. They're a tough team to beat, but they've had so many struggles this season and have lost games they probably shouldn't have lost. And I think up against the Cowboys, they're going to have some trouble, especially if they're expected to win with a third-string quarterback playing for the Cowboys. (laughs) This would definitely qualify as a game they're expected to win, if uh, especially if Danucci ends up the starter. But I like it. They've been uh, less than inspiring for most of the season. Moving on to Monday Night Football. I love your subtle note on this one. Buccaneers at Giants, and it's like, just why? Why are the Giants in primetime? Please stop taking the Bucks. 
am taking the Bucks, and who are also my eliminator pick for this week. Very nice. Pretty safe. I got Tampa Bay as well. Okay. Continuing with the theme of Halloween week, uh, we're going to do one more quick segment here before we talk fantasy about the most haunted teams in the NFL. <laughs> and we, so we've each picked a team that has had its share of uh, frights and horrors. And I feel like two of these three teams speak for themselves, but the one team that I'm not quite sure about, Mike, your pick, is kind of the one I want to hear what makes them haunted. Well, that's why I'm going last, uh, so that I have time to finish my research that I forgot to do from last night while I was too busy crying and drinking myself to sleep after my fantasy football team lost by less than a point. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start with you, Matt. Who did you pick? Dallas Cowboys. Why are they haunted? They're doing great this year, aren't they? Uh, they are, you know, you know what? They could be at the head of their losing division, which is insane to say. Um, but it all clearly went downhill after the lock, loss of Dak Prescott, and it continues. As their offensive linemen slowly were taken by the ghouls and goblins of football, one at a time. <laughs> and Ezekiel Elliott is haunted by nightmares of dropping the football while it's in his possession. And Mike McCarthy's soul is, is tortured for eternity by the fact that he only won one Super Bowl in that Green Bay run. And and I'm ha- and I have fears and nightmares that Dom Capers is coordinating their defense. <laughs> He's not, but it definitely seems like it. All right. That's a good one. Uh how about you, Nick? Who did you pick? So I took the Falcons, so I mean, after that 28-3 Super Bowl blown lead, you know, they've had their fair share of uh, struggles. <laughs> and looking at, looking at it this season, you know, they had the onside kick against yep. the, the Cowboys, so lost that game. Blew the fourth quarter lead against the Bears. And then most recently, Todd Gurley decided to get <laughs> his owner some fantasy points instead of going down and taking the knee, losing that game uh, against the Lions. So, unfortunately for them, I think that they're uh, – one of the most haunted teams in the NFL right now. Love it. Um, Michael. Yeah. So my pick, I went, this is a little bit farther from recent memory, uh, but they were honestly one of the first teams that came to my mind is the Buffalo Bills. The Bills. Okay. So going back to 1990, this is before I think any of us were even born. The Bills were uh, in the Super Bowl four years in a row. From 1990 to 1993, uh, they lost the first one by just one point, 20 to 19, in, in the 1990 Super Bowl. Uh, they got beaten by the Washington uh, in, the, in 1991, 37-24. They got back again to the Super Bowl in 1992, where they played the Cowboys and <laughs> lost 52 to 17. Close game. Close game. They almost had them. And then in 1993, the fourth year in a row, they made it to the Super Bowl again and lost to the Cowboys, 30 to 13. Since then, they haven't they've uh, they haven't made it farther than the wild card round of the playoffs. And the last time they even did that was well, just last year. So two times in the last 20 years have they made the playoffs, and they lost in the wild card round both of those times. They look pretty good this year, and they have a better chance than usual to make some noise given the Patriots' struggles. Um, but the Buffalo Bills have a pretty haunted 
uh, playoff past, I would say, dating back to losing those four consecutive Super Bowls. So we'll see if they can drink some polyjuice potion and break the curse this year. That took a lot of time to think of. <laughs> it was still pretty lame. Uh, but yeah. I'll give you a solid C on that one. Hey, that's better than usual. So before we, before we go to the next segment, I actually have a piece of Halloween trivia for both of you. Oh, not another one. We did so badly on the last one. <laughs> so, so back in 2010, there was a football game between two teams and it was the largest gathering of people in Halloween costumes with over 17,000 fans, and it broke the Guinness World Records for largest recorded Halloween gathering. Who were, which teams were playing, and where was this game held? I'm going to guess. Saints and the Buccaneers and Mercedes-Benz. No, wait, that's the Saints, Saints Stadium? I don't know. I'm going Saints and Bucks inside the Saints Stadium. I would guess that one of the teams at least was the Raiders because I feel like at any given Raiders game, about half the fans are dressed up as either Darth Vader or a a skeleton or something. (laughs) (laughs) The cheating route. It's always Halloween in in, uh, Raidersville. Am am I right about that, Nick, or am I totally off? So it was actually in the Superdome, the Saints were playing the Steelers. Oh! Oh! I had half of that, two-thirds of that right. <laughs> and Nick, bringing the heat. I love the trivia question. It's good. So do I get like a half a point for that? Yeah, I think we'll, we'll give you half. Half I have credit. A follow-up question. Was the most common costume a paper bag over the Saints fans' heads? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Might have been. <laughs> cool. All right. We got a little bit of fantasy football to talk just for a couple minutes left here. It was a pretty eventful week seven in our league, which I don't think we've ever said the name of the league is called Start the Game Already. Start the Game Already! And which is, of course, an Age of Empires uh, 2 reference. So before the games were even played, uh, Matt made a trade. Want to tell us what you did, Matt? So due to the Dak Prescott situation and the severe lack of quarterbacks available in our league. I ended up taking Joe Flacco for one week, which worked out decently. And then Sam Darnold came back. So I offered one of our league members a trade in order to bench to get my quarterback up. So I offered CD lamb and the Ravens defense for Jimmy Garoppolo and Austin Hooper. And I feel like at the time it was a questionable trade, like why I'm giving up CeeDee Lamb, but I was hurting at quarterback. I had Matthew Stafford on by coming up, and I had Joe Flacco. And the highest-rated available quarterback quarterback in our league at the time was Jalen Hurts. Not doing too well in that category. Long ways in that, well, it's paying off. I mean, I feel like I haven't lost. I got a good quarterback. So it really came down to – Jimmy Garoppolo for the Ravens defense. I have the Browns defense to finish out the year. And with their schedule, I think we'll do okay. Interesting. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty interesting move. Because, yeah, the way the co- Cowboys are headed in the wrong direction. So selling all your Cowboys seems like a good idea right now. What was funny, though, was Austin Hooper decided to go have an appendectomy rather than play for you and your fantasy team. I know. I was like, okay, Hooper, that's that, that's good solid tight end to get. And then all of a sudden I see a, a Q flag come up and I click on it and he has an appendectomy. And I went, well, <laughs> that's a great way to start this. Um, thankfully, Ravens are off a bye. I get Mark Andrews back. So yeah, 
he's just kind of there as bench flip. I did manage to pick up Logan Thomas for a week, which once again paid off dividends because I picked him up like late Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So how many tight ends are on your roster right now? Uh, one, two, I have three tight ends. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, so that was a pretty big trade. First trade of the of the season. Well, and then we all lost after that trade. <laughs> before, I, before I get on my soapbox and complain, uh, I just thought this was interesting. You, so you guys had a head-to-head matchup when you were both undefeated at 4-0. Uh, Matt got that win, but since that week, Matt, you're 1-2 with just that win, and Nick is on a three-game losing streak. <laughs> yeah, we could have played each other at like the end of the year, Nick. I don't know what happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys laid it all on the line for that game. <laughs> could have gone in 10-10 and 10 and then had this happen to where we both would have made it to the postseason, but no. So it's Nick's fault Dak Prescott's hurt, Cowboys fans. Just playing it out there. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the blame Story for that short. one. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I don't know about you, Nick, but I am not looking forward to the rest of fantasy football. I do not feel confident <laughs> in this roster as I once did four weeks ago. Well, Nick, you suffered a pretty close loss this week. Yeah, I think lost by a point, point and a half. But So I was looking at the stats. So I actually have the most points four in the league. And I put up some good numbers the last three weeks, even during my losses. So yeah, you lost I'm, still, I'm still pretty comfortable going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, your brother handed me the ass whooping of a century. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as for me, well, I was up uh, 145 to like 90 or something going into Sunday night. Or no, less than that. It was like 145 to 70 or something like that going into the Sunday night game. And then, of course, Tyler Lockett put up 47 points. They, I don't know. Russ completely forgot about DK Metcalf, and then yeah, and then last night I was still up the whole game. I was I didn't even want to watch it because I was I saw it getting closer and closer. Uh, he had I was still up going into last night by like thirty points roughly, but he had both running backs in the game, Montgomery and Henderson, as well as the Bears defense. Which, if you watch the game, you know the Bears defense didn't play that great. They gave up twenty four points, and not their fault you know they were on the field the whole game because the offense didn't do anything uh but what the one thing they did do was score a touchdown on that fumble return and then uh yeah pretty upset i lost by less than a point i think so i saw the three and four yeah 145.38 to 146.02 so sad you won in at least our weekly contest that's true. Yeah, I, I didn't include that in the notes this week. Um, so, yeah, so I'm sitting at three and four. I think, Nick, you're four and three, and Matt is up at five and two. So, I mean, we're all still right in the thick of it. Usually, if you get around, it's a 12-team league, and six teams make the playoffs. So, if you're anywhere right around 500 at the end of the season, you, you'll be almost you'll I just be have to in say, the I have the best record in three years of being in this league that I've ever had. So, if it's all downhill from here, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> That is very true. Uh, so looking ahead to week eight really quick, um, it's hard to believe the fantasy season is half over already, or at least the regular season. Uh, thought it would be fun to look at our rosters and, and name our most valuable player and least valuable player through the first seven weeks. Uh, let's I'll change up the order. Entire roster. <laughs> let's have Nick go first, actually, and change oh. up the order. Sorry. All right, cool. So for my MVP, I have Alvin Kamara. So through six games, he's got over 800 all-purpose yards right now and seven touchdowns. So he's been a huge staple of that Saints offense. And 
hopefully he continues rolling. He's on pace to have a pretty huge year. And then for least valuable, I have to go. It was, it was tough picking somebody because um, a lot of the players in my team have been performing pretty decently. But I would say that uh, Zach Moss was my least valuable player solely because of the fact that, you know, he was coming out of University of Utah. He was, you know, drafted in the third round. You know, people were really excited to have him in the offense. And then, unfortunately, he's been struggling with some injuries. Um, and then that Bill's running game has been – not that great all year, you know, with Devin Singletary and then Josh Allen being, you know, one of the leading rushers on the team. So yeah. hopefully Zach Moss can, can bounce back from that going forward. Well, that's a good problem to have, not being able to <laughs> – struggling to find an LVP. That's not a problem I had. Uh, but Matt, you go. You <laughs> yeah, gotta, you know what? Why don't you keep rubbing it in? You want to go next, Matt? Sure. MVP, I'm going to have to go with the uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the rookie that I've hyped up since before the season started. Yeah. It would have been Dak Prescott, but, you know, he had to turn his ankle 90 degrees the wrong way. So he's going to be an honorable mention. But CEH has lived up to a lot of the height. While he hasn't found the end zone, but a couple of times, he has made himself the clear dominant back. And he's gotten me excited to watch the an already high-volume Kansas City offense. Uh, my LVP is really a toss-up. Uh it's really between Michael Gallup and Darius Slayton. I said Slayton's had a few good games, at least. Gallup's been pretty disappointing, yeah. Right. Gallup really, I thought, was going to be, you know, I didn't think C.D. Lamb was going to take off the way he did. Right. But I figured, okay, if this rookie is going to be high strung out, that means defenses usually shift coverages. Gallup has always been a big play threat. This offense seemed primed and powered, and he just hasn't lived up to those expectations. Yeah. So when it, when it comes to the LVP, I'm going to have to go with Michael Gallup. Cool. And then I'll go really quick. LVP, so easy. Cam Akers. We knew it was a bad pick when I made it. You were making fun of me ever since. <laughs> I have been. I've been taking – I took him in the sixth round, second pick of the sixth round. He only has 17 carries through seven games. And uh, I just thought it would be fun looking at the draft board. Here's some guys I could have drafted instead of Cam Akers. Keenan Allen, Tyler Boyd. Darren Waller, Stephon Diggs, Raheem Mostart, DeAndre Swift, Tyler Higby, Will Fuller, Joe Burrow, Ronald Jones. I could have had any of those guys, and I took Cam Akers. Because you're an idiot. And I just dropped <laughs> him this morning. The suffering is over. He's gone. The second you made that pick, I called you yeah. out on it. I knew it, too. Time was running out. I panicked. That's what we get for drafting. I panicked in seven different directions. You're right. Yeah, but clearly there are a lot of different ways I could have gone. Uh, I'm going to name my MVP, even though he just got benched, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I uh, just want to give him a shout-out for his efforts. And I uh, picked him up off waivers, and from weeks three to six, he averaged 22 fantasy points a game, and he's he was great for me. He still holds an honorary roster spot, just in case Tua sucks or gets hurt. Um, gets alive by the Rams. Yeah, so thanks. Thanks, Fitzy. I'll miss you. And then uh, – yeah, Nick, I know you need to get going. So just to two very intriguing matchups in our season long this week. Nick plays against his brother, uh, which is always fun. And then me and Matt finally play head-to-head. And I want to propose, do you want to do a double jello bet this week, Matt? Not with this roster. All right. All right. We'll just bet on the Broncos. <laughs> I knew if, 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 if all my waiver wires were going to go through the way I want them to go through, absolutely. Being the fact that my roster is right now getting hobbledly pieced together as I'm figuring this out because I'm in panic mode. Okay, totally fair. Uh, I think we'll wrap it there then. Thank you so much, Nick, for joining us. This is really fun. You're our first guest.
you oh, have yeah. outperformed Thanks for having me. You have outperformed both of us, so we relinquish our roles. It's the Nick show now. <laughs> you can replace Matt at least. It's it's NM MN football next week. <laughs> it's a great time talking football as always. Um, good luck to all in week eight, and we'll see you next time. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode of the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Please subscribe and be aware of our future podcasts. Follow us at social media at 2M Football Show. If you feel like donating to help out the show, follow us and check out our Patreon. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.